0: Hi, this is Wendy, and welcome back to Overexposed. Today is a super exciting day because we are hosting our very first discussion on the podcast. I had the privilege of sitting down with one of my very close friends, Keyshawn Mystery, who is also a crazy talented content creator. Keyshawn is a photographer, videographer, graphic designer based out of Toronto, Canada. Kishan got his start early on in his high school days by playing around with different forms of media. At just 22 years old, he boasts a pretty impressive resume. He is currently the social content producer at Yahoo Sports and previously worked for TSM Sports. His love for hoops and music has led him to work with the likes of Drake, Migos, Travis Scott, and many times with the Toronto Raptors on this episode, we will be talking about the come-up, the hustle, whatever you want to call it but basically how to make a name for yourself in the creative industry starting from virtually nothing we'll be going over everything from how to find your own style, different editing trends, gear, obviously and some behind-the-scenes stories, including how Keyshawn landed himself in front of Drake, the 6th god himself As always, be sure to follow us on social media at pexels, P-E-X-E-L-S, to join in on the conversation. And without further ado, I will stop talking on this intro because it is getting very long. Keyshawn, do you wanna just do like a quick, like elevator pitch about yourself and what you do?
1: Um, I do everything visual, like Wendy said, photos, video, graphic design, uh, all that stuff, social media too. Uh, but yeah, that's been my job for the last few years and uh, I hope to continue in that field.
0: Yeah, so currently you are the, your official title is the social content producer at Yahoo.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, and before that you worked at TSN Yeah. for um, kind of the same thing, right? Yep. Yeah, so how did that come to be? So you have a really interesting story of how you even started at TSN itself. So I guess that started from when you were in... University.
1: Yep, that's correct.
0: Yeah. So, how did that come about?
1: Um, So, a bit of a backstory to that. Um, In high school, I started to play around with Photoshop um, in school, and I would do kind of sports edits of like my favorite hockey players and like athletes and all that kind of stuff. It it wasn't great at the time. Uh, I thought it was great. My friends thought it was great. But uh, over the time, I kind of uh, developed my skills in university, and then that kind of became my thing. Like people would always ask me in uh, group projects to do like their logo or any kind of graphic design kind of for their shows and whatnot so uh, I continued it throughout university and then uh, it was during like one of the Jays playoff runs I made a graphic of uh, after the one of the wild card games and uh, I tagged a bunch of sports accounts like Sportsnet, uh, TSN Bardown, etc. And uh, it ended up getting retweeted by Bardown and TSN and then uh, someone reached out to me The one of the Producers at Bardown, like the uh, like the boss at Bardown, I guess. Uh, he DM'd me saying, "Hey, uh, like what you, what I saw on Twitter, and uh, I might uh, may have an opportunity for you, kind of thing." And so it started as an internship, and then I, I kind of worked my butt off and uh, made a job out of nothing. Yeah,
0: right. And you were still, I guess, you went to Ryerson at the time. Yeah. So how did your day look like? Like how did you balance sort of like an internship sort of thing? Yeah along with, I guess you were still finishing up, was it your last year or second last year? Uh, I was
1: in third year still, so I still had a full course load. I didn't have any job at the time, just doing uh, photo stuff on the side, um, but I would go to class, and since my internship, I I, I worked from home, but I would go into the office uh, on Fridays kind of thing, but I would always be working at night and kind of just making graphics because there was no one doing that, and I thought it was cool to have it shown to a lot of people, so I kept doing that, and then uh, I was very busy all the time, yeah.
0: Yeah, and like, was your internship at the time, was that paid or unpaid? Is it more of like a school Um, sort of thing?
1: It was, it it wasn't a school sort of thing, but they uh, compensated some stuff uh, initially kind of thing, so for the most part, it was like a free internship, like an unpaid internship, and, Uh, the reality of uh, the industry is that that's a common thing and it kind of sucks but um, you have to put up with it and some people aren't in a position to do that because they have to support themselves mm-hmm. financially and sometimes that's not the case. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, for sure. Like what you mentioned about um, kind of the nature of the industry, especially in creative fields, it's not just like some mm-hmm. banking job and you just like throw your resume at them and like hope it impresses them. A lot of it is kind of just like making these connections and um, it's so cool how for you that started on social media, which is yeah. so crazy to think about like how there's so much pressure um, I guess on, like, on Instagram and, like, Twitter not so much, but everyone's, like, chasing after that, like, Instagram yeah. clout and yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So, although a lot of these, I guess, relationships are built online, how do you see that, I guess, translate in, like, face-to-face relationships? Yeah.
1: Um, I think they work both ways. like, it's important to meet people outside of Instagram and, like, texting people because those people, like, you, you don't have, like, a genuine connection with them. They're just, like an avatar on your phone kind of thing right but it also works with you can meet them online but then in person don't be afraid to talk to them kind of thing um and it's funny because that's how we met each other right um it was at a one of one con like a pop punk concert
0: uh, (laughs) early last
1: year yeah yeah, let's
0: talk about that so how did we meet so i remember um so we were instagram friends kind of and i remember (laughs) Like, I knew you through your kind of signature style at the time, um, which is like super dark, I think. Mm -hmm. And you had your iconic like yellow tech at the bottom. I was like, that's really cool. Um, And then, yeah, I guess we were like, I don't know if we actually talked on instagram but i don't was, think we
1: talked on instagram yeah no. we were
0: just like it, this happens a lot i guess in the creative industry when you like know someone online and yeah. you see them in person and i guess it's a good way to kind of make it less nerve-wracking yeah where it's like oh like we kind of had interactions yeah. somehow on social media and that makes it a little bit easier to
1: kind yeah of i also noticed that um you could be following yeah. someone, but like sometimes they never take the time to like look at someone's picture. And a lot, like a lot of photographers don't like posting pictures of themselves, or like they'll have just like a color as their uh, yeah. uh, avatar. So it's, like, hard when someone recognizes you, but you don't know who they are until they bring up, like, their Instagram handle or explain who they are, and, like, oh, you're that person. Oh, yeah. Thing.
0: There's, like, so many times where it's, like, you would meet someone and talk to them, and then when you go and, like, exchange contact yeah. information, you're, like, oh, I already oh called, yeah, <laughs> it's like, wow, we already know yeah, each other, but, like, we wouldn't have yeah. never noticed that if mm-hmm. we didn't talk to each other. I guess our group of friends, we kind of met at the same time, and now we have, like, a group of Photographer friends that you, we can kind of go to, yeah. obviously as friends, but also for like I guess work related things, which is really cool to have. What do you think about like the importance of kind of building a community um, around other creators? It's it's very
1: important. Like I get all my jobs, uh, my freelance jobs through networking and people I know, um, and it's important to get out there and talk to people and uh, be just be genuine because you never know when they can help you down the line. And if you're just like an asshole to everyone, then no one's gonna like you. And then you you, you can be very talented, but if people don't like you, they're not gonna ask you to work with them. And sometimes it's not about the talent. Like I always say that everyone's pretty good at their job with uh, cameras and software that you can use. Like everyone does pretty good work and it's hard to kind of differentiate yourself when when you're an outsider and you're trying to pick someone to take photos of you kind of thing.
0: yeah for sure and a lot of it is kind of like chemistry too Mm -hmm. um, and like kind of building that relationship because a lot of times I guess like especially in the creative industry people kind of like already have a destination that they always want to go to um, and they focus so much on the destination that they don't really kind of realize that it's a a process um, some relationships kind of take time before they kind Mm -hmm. of manifest so what do you think was like the most crazy experience that you've ever gotten um, that like either from networking or just something that you like didn't really
1: expect? Um, there's a couple and they all happened last year kind of thing, like it, everything that's happened in my career has kind of built up off of small things over the years. Like I've only been taking photos for just over three years now. That's crazy, yeah. And so everything kind of like uh, happened last year almost. So uh, one was doing something for Adidas. Um, Kyle Lowry had a shoe, he's a player on the Raptors. Um, he had a shoe come out and um, I got to do some artwork that went up in the Scotiabank arena for it and it was pretty cool. And like how that happened was, um, so at the time I was working for TSN and um, someone that works at TSN is Cavi. Uh, a lot of people might know him, um, but um, he had a shoot with Kyle Lowry for the shoe specifically and there was an Adidas rep there. And then um, I guess the rep and Cavi were talking because I was also there taking photos. So I sent uh, the photos to Cavi and then he sent the photos to the rep. And then uh, they were talking and I guess they needed a graphic designer for something. And then he immediately suggested me and she already saw what my work was. And then it kind of went on from there. And it was a very quick process. It was like within a week, it was like up in the stadium. Pretty cool.
0: Yeah, and I find that like kind of a common theme in a lot of things in the creative industry. It's like um, you feel like you have to kind of say yes to things. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, like not always like, oh, like a lot of money or like sometimes you don't really see the opportunity until it kind of comes up later on. Um, so in terms of, like, seeking out opportunities, like, how do you know which ones are kind of worth your time or, like, worth taking? Um, because for me, I always find it hard to say no because it's, like, once you say no, it's like you never know mm-hmm. if they'll ever call you back. Yeah. Even though it's, like, the money is not that great, but it's, like, I feel like if I can't say no to this. So how do you differentiate, like, valuable opportunities to take even though it doesn't kind of payback, monetary-wise, or something short-term?
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, a lot of people might know me from my sports stuff, but before, uh, I was, like, heavily heavy into, like, the local music scene, like, the punk music and metal scene and all that, and um, I started taking photos at local shows there, and everything was free at the time. Like, I would, I would just do it to get my name out there, and, like, I would uh, talk to local bands and make friends with them, and I was, like, a part of that scene at the time. And uh, I made a lot of connections that way, and I still keep in contact with some people from it. Um, whether, like, I don't go to sh- many shows anymore in that scene, but when I do, like, I, I run into everyone and they're like, oh shit, like, <laughs> you're, you're too big for us now or whatever. But uh, yeah, like, I started doing it that way and I didn't make any money at the time, I just did it for fun. Like, the only benefit was getting into shows for free, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, But yeah, that's how I kind of built up my portfolio, and everyone always asks me, like, oh, like, how how do I start my portfolio? And that's my suggestion for you, and it it may not be financially doable, but, like, that's what I did on my free time, and I didn't think of it as a job. It was just fun Mm -hmm. kind of thing, and, like, I don't like being at home and doing nothing. Um, So I like to fill my day up, whether it's from, like, at the time I was in school, so I would do school during the day and go to shows at night, or... Uh, last year I would work and then go to shows at night so uh i I have a hard time as well turning down opportunities, and I always say yes to everything um but now I can kind of pick and choose what I want to do because I have the luxury of doing that yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah, you kind of have to like put like pay your dues and like kind of do all the grunt work mm-hmm. first because before you kind of enjoy that luxury of yeah. um, being able to say no to things and I guess a lot of things in the creative industry it's like um like high risk high reward Mm -hmm. and a lot of it's like you just kind of have to do it without really um thinking about what the end result is because i don't think anyone or maybe there's some people i'm assuming but um you don't really go into like photography or like any of the creative industries Mm -hmm. for the goal of like making like a million bucks it's more of like you kind of love the craft and like you go in and then you kind of realize yeah figure it out from there Creatives, like even though they can be so talented, kind of struggle with that business mm-hmm. aspect yeah. of it and selling yourself. Um, so did you learn that kind of on the way or?
1: Uh, I, I kind of learned a lot of it last year. Um, it was a big, big year for me. Uh, I don't think I can free, just solely freelance now off of photography um, because I don't think I have enough connections or uh, just stuff in that nature. So I have to have a, like a job to support myself that way um but like I like to think of myself as a whole package kind of thing so I know what my worth is and uh it's it's hard because it stopped
0: oh yeah our camera just stopped but that's okay we'll keep going
1: <laughs> um or what was it saying uh say you're in music and you're, you're shooting local bands and stuff and I know, like, they, they don't make any money, right? right? So you can't go to them and be like, I want $200 for taking photos of you for half an hour kind of thing. And it just doesn't work that way. Even though you may be worth that, they physically can't pay you that because they're not making any money. They're, they're sometimes losing money to play shows. They got to drive from point A to point B, and they are they're just playing music to get exposure pretty much. And, like, that's how photography works, and, like, that's the harsh reality of it. But once, like, there are industries where, like, you, like, uh, say if you work for an agency or work for uh, just, like, a big advertiser kind of thing, you can kind of flex your your worth that way and kind of make up the lost money that you lost uh, with other clients, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Right, and especially, like, with today's day and age, with everything that's online, like, it's totally possible to kind of... um, balance your creative work with kind of the stuff you to do kind of mm-hmm. to keep you, you going and i think that's a lot of thing that like a lot of people don't realize it's like they kind of want to quit like school or their day job yeah. and go right into it but it's like not
1: yet like yeah patient yeah, yeah, yeah. kind
0: of um build that up yourself before
1: yeah um, you kind of
0: <laughs> yeah. risk everything. Yeah,
1: I, I know some people that have done that and they're doing very well right now. Oh, yeah, Especially sure. videographers. There's, uh, if you're good at what you do, you can get booked like every day and you can survive off that like no question kind of thing. But then there are some people that are still living at home and kind of grinding it out and um, hopefully it turns out for them but sometimes you just need that job where it'd be a retail job or a part-time job or something just to keep the money coming in so you can support like Equipment that you need to buy or just to eat, that's Mm -hmm. important.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So talking about equipment, as a photographer myself, I'm always, like, super into gear, even though it's something, like, that's, like, really personal to each person. So if you were to go on a shoot, like, what are uh, your essentials that you always have in your bag, like, your go-tos? Yeah,
1: Um, so (laughs) I'm really bad with like, packing and everything, and I don't use, like, a proper camera bag. I just use my normal backpack. Uh, That might change in the future, but uh, I just use my normal backpack. And uh, it depends on the shoot, but if I'm shooting like sports or whatever, I just bring uh, my camera, uh, my 70 to 200, and maybe like a 35 kind of thing. And that's it. Like uh, one extra battery, um, a hard drive, and my laptop, and that's it. Like I don't need to bring anything else. And I find if you bring too many lenses, you're just gonna find yourself switching them all the time, like especially at concerts. I know. Um you can you shoot with a variety of ones worth whether it's like an eighty five or a seventy to two hundred or like a thirty-five and like you you'll just get caught up in like switching around and being like, Oh I shouldn't use this or like just pick one, you'll be happy with it, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's a lot of like when beginner photographers kind of like start off, they always get kind of caught up in that gear. Yeah. And they're like I don't have um some like five thousand dollar camera, yeah. so like I can't do it. You also don't need it. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I guess the way that I think about it is, like, sometimes, like, limiting yourself is good because it kind of pushes you past your creativity. I, for a a while, like, the go-to kind of concert lens was, like, sorry, 24 to 70. 70, yeah. Yeah, when I got that, I was like, okay, I'm all set, and I brought it to everything, and then I realized, like, my shots weren't really getting better. They were kind of, I was trying to be lazy. I was like, oh, I'll just stand at the same spot and kind of, like, Zoom, yeah. and then once I started kind of like, okay, like I'm just gonna bring one lens and see what I can yeah. do with it. It kind of just like pushes you past your. creativity yeah. I, I have
1: one gripe about that lens. It's like a boring lens. It's very good, yeah. but like you can do every with everything with it, and like uh, it doesn't push your creativity that much whether like I like shooting prime so like I'll bring like a 35 or a 50 or an 85 to a concert and shoot that way
0: yeah because it kind of makes you like move your feet you're like okay mm -hmm. I had to go and like physically get this shot rather than like I'm just gonna stand in like one place and like zoom in and zoom out and do you shoot film at all?
1: no I don't shoot film just Um, digital yeah
0: yeah because that's the thing I guess like one thing is like film is like kind of getting back and it's trendy but it's also kind of a way I find to slow you down so instead of just, like, going shutter happy, because yeah. like you can, okay, like, I need to think about each shot, because each one of these is, like, a dollar, and it kind of yeah. puts kind of more pressure on me. Yeah. So let's talk about music, because okay. we talked yeah. a lot about sports, and um, we touched on, so you started in kind of the punk yeah scene, and now you're shooting big artists, like i don't know drake yeah uh, travis scott and i don't know if you guys heard of those people but some pretty big names so the one photo when i think of your work i think of the one portrait that you did with drake yeah so for those of you who are listening in i'll link that in the show notes so you can (laughs) see what i'm talking about because when i think of like Keyshawn's brand i think of that photo so i'm gonna get you to describe the photo
1: Okay, uh, should I describe like the story behind it? Or?
0: Yeah, so it was like a beautiful f- portrait of like Drake in yeah. um, was it his restaurant? Opening? His restaurant opening, yeah. Yeah, so like, how did that happen? Because that's I think like a lot of music photographers' like, yeah. dream is to get that kind of intimate for, portrait. For sure. Um,
1: so like I, I mentioned, Cabbie before, he had an uh, interview with Drake, and uh, my boss at the time was his producer. So like. Usually if it's like a cool person or um, celebrity or athlete and it's in Toronto, my boss will say, hey, like come along take pictures because he knew I'd take p- great pictures, right? And so that was the start of last year. It kind of kicked everything off. It was like maybe three days into the start of the new year or something like that. Um, but uh, Cavity did his interview with Drake. It went great as always. And uh, I got photos of the two of them together, but I really didn't get... A solo kind of money shot that I wanted, um, but like, so like the interview wrapped up. I, I tried to get a solo shot, but it didn't happen. It just was a group shot, um, and I wasn't like that satisfied. But I like put my camera away, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna leave now, right? Um, and I was like, nah, like I want to get it, and like if I, if he says no, then that's fine. But like I don't want to live with like oh, I could have got it that yeah. time. Um, so I took my camera out. He was in the corner. Uh, he was talking to someone that worked at TSN, so I knew it was, like, a familiar kind of setting, so I was like, why not just go over and ask him, and, um, um, Chubbs Chubbs was also there, so, um, if you don't know Chubbs, he's, like, the guy that's always sitting beside Drake at the (laughs) Raptors games, I think he's, like, his security guard or whatever, like, his, like, friend security guard, um, but he was there, and, um, so I said, like, hey, like, can I take a pick, I don't know if I addressed him as Drake, or, I I forget the moment, but, uh, (laughs) He's, I don't think he said anything, but he, he just posed kind of thing. And then Chubb said, just take it one step back. Uh, so I took a step back, took like maybe three photos, and uh, that was it. And like I didn't know if, like I didn't test like what the flash was like, if it, if it was overexposed or anything. So I just took them. Yeah, shout, out to them. <laughs> shout out to the brand. Um, but yeah, like I took them. And then uh, as I was walking to the streetcar, uh, pulled out my camera, it was like, Oh, yeah, I got it. That, that's the money shot, yeah.
0: yeah. And so you just kind of like, there's always that like, um, the moment where you're like do I kind of push my boundary I have another
1: story oh okay
0: oh yeah for sure <laughs> um is it linked to this one or is it, it, it separate it's so a separate
1: it's, it's a separate thing but it's like the same
0: it's another kind of like okay cool well, yeah. but speaking on like the topic of like pushing boundaries yeah. because as a professional and a photographer in this industry you obviously don't want to be kind of that asshole that kind of just like like Go, go somewhere where they're not welcome. Yeah. You want to protect your brand mm-hmm. and kind of your image, and you want to be like asked to come back, and you don't mm-hmm. want to be that person who kind of does what they're not supposed to do. So how do you usually like judge that moment, or was it kind of like a, like a gut thing? Where you're like, I need to do this. It was <laughs> a gut
1: thing, like I knew like, it was it was a media night at Pick 6 restaurant, mm-hmm. and so I knew it was like a safe setting where people were Or in, like I saw people earlier asking him for selfies kind of thing, so it was a setting where like he was down for that and that's why he was there kind of to promote his own brand so I didn't see it as like oh he's doing his own thing like I'm not gonna um, ask him for a photo and like there have been times where I've been around like celebrities or athletes and I haven't taken photos I just like to talk to them kind of thing and just like talk normal with them and not look at them as like oh like I love you like I never bring that up when I meet someone like oh I love your work like I feel like that like puts in their mind that oh you're just a fan kind of thing and I, I get like sometimes you have to get that off your chest saying like oh, this is what you mean <laughs> to me but like personally I don't do that um, I just like treat them like a normal person and I I don't really get starstruck oh, around. i was just gonna
0: ask that I was like is there someone that like Drake know? obviously yeah.
1: um, but it wasn't that big of a deal like when I was at TSN there was athletes coming in all the time and I it didn't feel like that because you're. When you're in that setting you're working and you're too worried about like messing up what you have to do in that uh scenario than like worrying about like uh the person that was there like with ice cube and uh, people like that yeah
0: i mean you just hit 10k on instagram yeah. so um first of all congratulations that also means you're kind of like of that it's like i guess it's like it's
1: like a tear yeah of and it
0: like I guess especially with social media before it was always like the talent and they're the star Mm -hmm. and I think with um, social media especially now it's like the first time where like people behind the scenes like producers and um, photographers and videographers they're starting to get recognized for their work and kind of getting recognized as like celebrities in a way so you're kind of
1: like Cole Bennett and like Sam Colder like people people will be like oh like they care more about someone that shoots it than, like, with Cole Bennett, for example. Like, um, <laughs> what was I saying? Um, people, like, need his co sign like, as an artist to be like, oh, like, if Cole Bennett fucks with them, mm-hmm. I'll fuck with them too because he has a cool video and, um, that artist is pretty cool too so it's it's a lot about the the creators nowadays yeah
0: mm-hmm. definitely but also on instagram it's um i guess like there's so much pressure on this one platform do you ever find like it's like when you're finding your own style did you kind of go towards instagram for that or did you find that it got like super repetitive and you had to find other ways to mm-hmm. develop your own style
1: and so uh, I shoot two things. Like, I can shoot sports and music. With sports, it's kind of different because not a lot of people have access to shoot. Like sports in general, people have access to shoot, but not like the major leagues, like the NBA and uh, the MLB, and, uh, NHL, all those things. So like it's rare to see that, and the only time you see that is from like the team photographers specifically. Um, but I kind of use like my music style and kind of transitioned it to sports. And a lot of people haven't seen that before. And I think that's how people gravitated towards my work. Uh, but with music, it's like very oversaturated, especially in Toronto. Like every time we go to, like me and you go to shows, there's always like at least, not at least 10, but like close to 10 people in that photo pit. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of hard to kind of differentiate yourself uh, when taking photos, because everyone's just going to end up posting the same photo, mm-hmm. especially with now with like uh, the presets people use and like uh, the different things like prisms mm-hmm. and like star filters and stuff. If you if you use that to kind of compensate for your work, um, it just it just shows that way kind of thing. And it, it's hard to find your own style. Mm-hmm. It, it really is because like when you see other people doing well, you you can be like, oh, like that works for them. Let me try it out and. I recommend everyone try to mimic uh, what they want to strive for and along that way you can kind of set your own style.
0: Mm -hmm, For sure because there is that fine line between kind of like copying someone that you Mm -hmm. really looked up to and kind of taking inspiration Inspiration. from them and then making that your own Mm -hmm. especially with all these social media platforms what I find is everyone starts looking kind of the same. Yeah.
1: I, there was like one summer uh like in the music scene i think it's still going around but um Did this summer,
0: wait, this summer, no it was like
1: a couple summers ago but uh people still kind of use the same style there's this one photographer that released like presets of his work kind of thing and it was like the teal orange kinda right look. yeah and then like that summer everyone's photos kind of looked the same and like everyone had that grainy face i had the grainy face <laughs> as well um but uh, yeah, yeah, like it, like that summer it was like everyone shot the same and then the summer after it was like the split toning and oh, everyone yeah. messing around with split toning and like um, now it's like putting like dust filters and all that Fuji. over your work. I love food <laughs> filters. Um, We're
0: kind of, we, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that one.
1: Yeah, but but now it's like uh, people will do like shitty Photoshop edits of their work and sometimes it doesn't look great and sometimes people do that to their work to kind of make it look different like they're kind of pushing it in a certain way like uh it's hard like they they overcompensate Mm -hmm. that's that's the word and did yeah. you know your
0: style when you first started, or is it something that you kind of had to build up? Because a lot of people, um, going back to that whole like the whole social media thing, like they think, oh, I need like a perfect feed that mm-hmm. like is like so coherent. And I know yeah. I'm guilty of this, yeah. and I like I guess even sometimes now, not so much now, but like I, I definitely like a year or two ago, it's kind of like, oh, I don't, it's a good photo, but I don't yeah. want to post it because it doesn't fit my feed yeah. or whatever.
1: For Yahoo and, and before TSN, like I never. Um, cared about aesthetic look if it's good it's good and people will notice it kind of Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah and definitely like after I guess a year or so I learned like especially if you have a shooting style Mm -hmm. um, it'll show through despite what colors or like Mm -hmm. um, filters you use so like when someone's like first starting out do you think it's better for them to kind of like have a style in mind or
1: Uh, my recommendation I know some people might disagree with this is download other people's presets Um, It helps you, like I use Lightroom and a lot of people use Lightroom and it kind of helps you work backwards, Mm -hmm. whereas like you can see what the final result is, work backwards and see like why this looks this way and how to use like the tone curves and like the color corrections and all of that kind of thing. And it's important to learn the program before you learn your own style kind of thing because the program helps you achieve your style and you'll find it eventually kind of thing. Like. You can uh, draw inspiration from others. I constantly do it. Um, I I use Pinterest, and I'm sure a lot of people do, and Behance, and uh, follow different people on Instagram just for inspiration because I also do design too, and that kind of influences my photography. But yeah, like download other people's presets, um, go on YouTube, look up those how to look like uh, samples, <laughs> Sam like, <laughs> uh, how to edit like this, and like it just helps you learn how to use. The different aspects of it, yes, department. and then
0: be sure to make it your own. Yeah, because you don't want a million teal and orange photos. No. <laughs> we don't need more of that. I refuse that. to
1: make my photos look that way, anyways. Nowadays,
0: and do you feel like your design work has helped your photography or vice versa at all?
1: Um, I think it goes hand in hand um, with with sports and music. It's they're very like visual based kind of thing. And um, I draw inspiration from each, whether it be um, taking photos. I like the way certain photos look when I'm editing them. So, um, And I've, I've learned how to use Photoshop a lot more and kind of use it in my photography. And, uh, but I never, like, cross paths with them with my own work, and I should start doing that. Oh, like, I didn't know that.
0: I thought you were using kind of your own work to do your designs. No,
1: no, no. I use getting photos. But Gosh, some, yes. sometimes I do designs for my own kind of personal stuff but like uh on a day-to-day basis i use other people's photos yeah
0: yeah because they find a lot like even though pexels is sort of like on one hand it is somewhere where people can kind of have a pressure-free way to kind of share their photos Mm -hmm. at the same time on the other hand we also see like a lot of designers up and coming who kind of need certain sort of content but they might not have that much money to kind of go and buy um a bunch of like expensive stock photos there are resources out there for you to kind of practice as well what a lot of i guess people starting don't know it's like yeah there's like that one banger that one drake photo that kind of gets spread everywhere but behind that there's like thousands and that yeah. one like really yeah. really bad photos I'm also, I'm also
1: like really bad with like my organization and my hard drive so i don't delete photos no, me neither um everything's like in order but i just don't clean up my hard drives and instead of spending a day and deleting all, like, the bad photos, I just buy another hard drive.
0: Oh, yeah. It kind of adds up, especially with, like, the raw files now. Yeah. Um, And it's, like, the scariest thing is, like, Mm -hmm. when a hard drive is, like, filled up. And you're
1: like, oh, no. And they're so expensive. Yeah, they are expensive. $200.
0: Like, I think I was looking at, like, one of the Lacey. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. The orange one. $200. $200. Yeah. I guess, like, wrapping up, what do you recommend for someone who's kind of, like, looking to photograph all these big artists? Because it doesn't come, like, yeah, for some people, it's kind of like a, like... Overnight thing, even though nothing's really overnight. Yeah. Um, like they want to go on tour with Drake, or yeah. like want to work with like um, like Travis Scott and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, what do you recommend for people who are starting out?
1: Uh, like I'm still like struggling with like working with artists like directly. Mm-hmm. Like I shoot for a radio station, and like the only access I get is like the first three songs. Mm-hmm during like a show and that's about it. Like I don't get to go backstage or like meet these people. And so it's like hard to kind of differentiate yourself. But uh, to, to even get to that point of shooting those artists, uh, you have to shoot the the little guys first and kind of build your name up. and. The way I got to shoot for Flow was um, kind of funny. Like Flow is the
0: radio. Flow is the radio station. Um, Who has like pretty big influence in Toronto? In Toronto, yeah, like
1: they're the only hip hop radio station in Toronto. So uh, they they had like people know who they are, but. Last year, they like posted one of my Drake photos from like the Raptors game without any credit, and so like people were tagging me, being like, "Oh, like they, they took your photo or whatever." And then so I just dm them saying like, "Hey, like, can I get a just photo credit on it? Like, no issue, like, just add it." And they're like, "Oh, we're so sorry. Um, like, we can take it down if you don't want it up there." And I was like, "No, no, no, don't worry. Um, just put my 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 handle there, and that's fine." And they're like, "Oh, like if you want." Uh, to send us an email and to discuss discuss uh, no issue but if you guys ever need photos let me know and then uh, the person that I was talking to him was like yeah like contact our marketing guy here's his email and I reached out to him in, in, in the summer and then I started shooting in June kind of thing so like I kind of turned around that situation mm-hmm. and um, to add to that like another piece of advice is um, I've noticed now that I have like you have to start approaching people like you got to put your ego aside a little and just message people mm-hmm. and I've done that uh, a few times this year and it's kind of worked out and I'm going to start doing that more
0: mm-hmm. and sometimes people like uh, um, offset message you as yeah, well and kinda, yeah yeah kind of keep that conversation yeah. going and that's yeah I think that's something that like people struggle with a lot mm-hmm. is reaching out to people but you have to realize like on the other side yeah. of that screen whatever like it's another yeah. human being yeah, just yeah. like you who's looking at the phones mean, yeah. um, like a lot of people who like I guess reach out to us they might like it probably took them a lot of courage to kind yeah. of like send that message but yeah at the end of the day kind of yeah. people are always people yeah. yeah but when you like
1: message people like back it up like have like work oh yeah to show for it. kind of like don't be just like starting and be like hey like I want to get to where you're at like Mm -hmm. obviously ask but like don't like be like hey can you like bring me into the Raptors game next like I'm like a huge fan of them like if I could I would kind of thing but also like I don't have the power to do that and you're not you haven't like proven anything yet to like even earn that opportunity and but like if you keep at it I'm sure that'll happen and you can put your mind to anything that you want to do.
0: Yeah, and there's so many kind of like resources out there, and a lot of people think like there's that huge barrier to entry, but it's like no, you can pick up a camera for like it doesn't have to be the best one, but mm. just do whatever you can with what you have and kind of mm-hmm. just go with it and yeah. the best thing is kind of just to start because there's yes. so many resources out there now especially yeah like to add to
1: that like um, I've been shooting for a 6 with a 6D for a while and it's not the greatest camera but I, I love it and okay. recently I've been shooting with a 1DX at work <laughs> but like I still like the 6D like a bit like I don't know if it's like sentimental yeah, about it true. but like I love the photos that it takes and like yeah it's not the greatest camera but like I would I I feel like more confident with that. I don't know if it's like because I haven't used the one DX as much, but uh, I like I liked my equipment and like you just have to think about like the best equipment won't make you better kind of thing. Like, definitely, doesn't. whatever works for you works for you. Yeah, yeah. and
0: your own skills and yeah. kind of like going back and like like. I guess not just relying on these like sh- that one-time show or like that one sports thing. Is kind of like keep improving yourself the whole mm-hmm. way because I find like sometimes when I have like hiatuses, I end up going back and like re-editing photos yeah. and realizing my style has changed so yeah, much. For sure. Always finding ways evolving, to yeah. working and improving yeah. yourself. I'm never like satisfied. with oh, anything.
1: Yeah. And I think sure. once
0: you're satisfied, it's kind of like game over because yeah, you're that. the best and your ego kicks yeah. in. and You're like I'm too good for anything. Yeah. So or, always like, start teaching yeah if so you're at that point at yeah nice to like, kind of yeah. stay humble so what's the next big thing for you like do you have anything or like um, what's like what's going on so i guess the playoffs
1: are coming up uh for basketball for basketball and hockey i don't know if i'm shooting hockey yet but yeah. i'm gonna try to um but yeah basketball's coming up uh so be sure to look out on yakim sports canada for my photos and graphics and all that fun stuff for the raptors playoff run um but yeah, I like just push myself visually and I always go into like I always say this to everyone, like I, I go into every sporting event or concert and kind of like out of all the photographers there I want to have the best photos that come out of it and when from an outsider perspective, like when fans are looking at these photos, it'll be like, Oh like I remember that moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad this guy captured it because it captured like the whole event kind of mm-hmm.
0: thing. Definitely. And if there's like I guess one I think it's not like or a like dream that you have to get mm. out of either like music or photo what would that
1: be um, it's not one dream specifically but like like I mentioned earlier I want to work directly with these athletes and artists and I think I've put myself on the right paths with the networks I've made and I think that can happen pretty soon by the end of the year although it's not like that big of a goal um, but it's more t- like a process, eh? that's more of a process kind of thing like I know it's going to happen I just don't know when it's going to happen um, but, to carry on in the future, I kind of want to have my own kind of agency where um, I have all these artists and athletes as clients kind of thing, and have my own people kind of do their content for them because I think now like we don 't have to rely on like uh, like in sports we don 't have to rely on like the big broadcasters and all that like there are players having their own podcasts and having their own YouTube channels and putting out their own thing and um, they don't have to rely on like uh, ESPN or TSN or Sportsnet to like push out news. Like they can just go on Twitter and tweet it themselves. Like today, like there's a lot of basketball players uh, from the NCAA declaring that they're gonna go to the draft. And before it would be like uh, breaking news, like TSN would break it, but um, now it's like the players themselves are tweeting up, saying like, "Hey, like this is the deal. I'll I'll be declaring for the draft this year."
0: Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. There's, like, a lot of gems and that we kind of <laughs> learn. It's really cool to kind of see your journey from shooting these, like, really small, like, punk shows to kind of um, being in front of these, like, really massive artists. So where can we find you on the interwebs?
1: Um, so my handles are underscore Kishan Mystery um, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Twitter, I don't, like, I post my work, but I don't post that much photography stuff. I kind of, be stupid on twitter (laughs) that's what
0: it's for Um, personality
1: yeah and then instagram I post all my sports Uh, I don't post that much design stuff I'm trying to be better with that but I usually post it on my story so if you seem to catch it within that time Mm -hmm. uh, you can see it there and then I'm still working on my website it's qshawmystery.com but uh, it's like I haven't updated it in a year so there's still old old photos on there but uh, yeah that's about it
0: awesome well thank you very much